Welcome to Know Your Bible, a program presented by the Churches of Christ and devoted to helping you understand God's Word. The Bible is a book inspired by God that contains answers to your questions. The Bible reveals Jesus and explains His sacrifice, contains God's plan for the family, and timeless principles of parenting. Also has the truth about life and death. The Bible contains great financial advice and also answers questions of morality. Join us as we look for answers to your questions and help you know your Bible. Welcome back to Know Your Bible, uh, 30 minutes of Bible study in a little different way. Most religious TV programs tell you what they think you ought to know. Uh, we ask you what you'd like to know. So that's what we do on Know Your Bible. You'll see a phone number and a website at the bottom of the screen. Use those anytime. Uh, and you tell us what you'd like to know about the Bible. Maybe it's something specific, a doctrine you've heard of, a, a topic that you wonder about, a verse that you can't find. Uh, maybe it's something in your life that you wonder, what's the Bible say about that? We'll try to find you an answer. So use the phone number, website, anytime you direct the program. Uh, we'll answer as many of your questions as we can today. So that's what we do on Know Your Bible. I'm Steve Tandy. I'm glad you've joined us. And I've got a couple of partners here. Toby Levering's back. Good morning, Toby. Hi, Steve. Jeff Martin's here. Hi, Jeff. Good morning. Glad you're here and studied up, uh, ready to go, and uh, see if we can answer a few questions today. But our viewers always get the first crack at the uh, little Bible trivia. So here's yours for the day. Uh, what does the book of Revelation say the 12 gates of the New Jerusalem are made of. What's the gate material in heaven? So we'll uh, find that answer at the end of the program, see if you know about that. Uh, Jeff, looks like you drew number one today, and that's a question we get every once in a while. I do. Our first question this morning is, did Mary have other children after Jesus? Uh, and this question usually comes when someone comes up with the belief that Mary stayed a virgin for the rest of her life after the Immaculate Conception. But the biblical evidence on this is very clear if you read your Bible. Let's start with one example in Matthew 13, verses 55 through 56. Is not this the carpenter's son? Is not his mother called Mary? And are not his brothers James and Joseph and Simon and Judas? And are not all his sisters with us? So that verse is, is very self-explanatory uh, if you're looking to answer this question. But if you weren't satisfied with that verse, uh, there, are also, there are also similar verses in Mark 6, Luke 8, and John 2. So this is a short answer on this one, but the Bible makes it very clear, abundantly clear, uh, that Mary did have other children than Jesus. All right, the next question is, why should we fear God? And uh, this is a little bit of a challenging question because we often think of fear in the human sense. And there is a difference between the fear of man and the fear of God. Uh, Proverbs has a lot about, the whole Bible has a lot about the topic of the fear of God. But I picked some verses from Proverbs that maybe will help. Uh, us understand a little bit more about this idea of the fear of God. Uh, Proverbs chapter 1 verse 7 starts out by saying, The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge, but fools despise wisdom and instruction. 
fools have no, they don't revere God. They don't, in some cases, don't care about God or acknowledge God. But those who acknowledge God and revere his name, uh, fear him, uh, that's the beginning of wisdom. Let's look at the next one from Proverbs. Proverbs 14, verse 2 says, Whoever fears the Lord walks uprightly, but those who despise him are devious in their ways. Again, this attitude has to do with a humbling of yourself. A fear is a thinking, you know, a, a revering God and a thinking less of yourself. But those who don't do that often are Dis, uh, despise the Lord and, and deviate from His way and are devious in their own ways. Let's look at one more. Proverbs 14, 26-27. Whoever fears the Lord has a secure fortress, and for their children it will be a refuge. The fear of the Lord is a fountain of life, turning a person from the snares of death. Now, to be fearful of the Lord does not mean you're a fearful person. does not mean you're a timid person. Often, great heroes of the Bible did what they did because they feared the Lord. Noah built an ark to save his family, and he did that, the Scripture tells us, in holy fear. So, yes, we should fear the Lord, but it's different than human fear, and it's different than how you and I might think of it. Uh, Proverbs 29:25. this is not on the screen, but it says, The fear of man lays a snare but whoever trusts in the Lord is safe. Holy fear is the key to wisdom, righteous living, blessed life, and ultimately eternal life. And that, that holy fear we could also think about as reverence, honor, uh, and trust in the Lord. So I hope that helps you understand the fear of the Lord. All right, viewer, got a question about anti-Semitism. Uh, why is there so much anti-Semitism throughout history. Well, anti-Semitism is anti-Jewish. Uh, Shem was one of the sons of Noah, and his, his uh, descendants became the, uh, the Jewish nation is the way that name came about. Uh, so anti-Semitism is anti-Jewish. Uh, and why is there so much? Well, you can't deny there's been a lot of anti-Semitism. Of course, the Holocaust in World War II is the prime example. Millions of Jews were killed uh, by Hitler just because they were Jews. Uh, he thought they were an inferior race. Uh, but beyond that occurrence, uh, I read one place the other day that Jews have been expelled from over 80 countries around the world. Uh, there's something about Jews that uh, people don't like for some reason. Now, you can come up with all sorts of stereotypical answers and uh, theories. Uh, some people say, well, it's just uh, the race of Jews. People don't like uh, the Jewish race. It's an inferior race. Uh, some people say, well, Jews are wealthy. They control uh, the finances and they've got a lot of power and people don't like them because of that. Uh, some people say, well, Jews are different. They they act differently, they follow different rules, and people don't like difference. Uh, some people say it's because they killed Jesus. Uh, their role in the crucifixion of Christ uh, is why people don't like them. And some people say, well, it's because they declare that they're the chosen people. They're, they're arrogant about it. They think they're special. 
and all of those stereotypes may have a little bit of truth in them somewhere, uh, but I don't think any of those account for the overall persecution of Jews through the centuries. Uh, and I'm going to propose that there is a reason uh, that people don't like Jews, pick on Jews, persecute Jews, uh, execute Jews. Uh, and I think Paul explains it pretty well in uh, Romans chapter 9. Let me just read a couple of verses to you there uh, from Romans chapter 9, beginning in verse 3. And he's talking about his people, about the people of Israel. And he says, theirs is the adoption of sons. There's the divine glory, the covenants, the receiving of the law, the temple worship, and the promises. Theirs are the patriarchs, and from them is traced the human ancestry of Christ, who is God over all. Uh, Paul says his people, the Israelites, have this amazing history. They were chosen by God. Uh, they were given the temple worship. They had the patriarchs appear to them. Uh, and their lineage produced Jesus, who is God over all. So I would propose that maybe the answer to why is there so much anti-Semitism uh, is people in general in the world hate Jews, persecute Jews, because they hate God. Uh, Satan works at that. Uh, he's used the Babylonians, the Assyrians, all sorts of people to try to stamp out the Jews. Uh, he tried to destroy Judaism. He tries to destroy Christianity. Uh, and Paul says the Israelites have a special place in that history. Uh, and I think because of that, uh, the world, uh, and Satan's the prince of this world, the world hates God. Uh, so they certainly hate his chosen people. So uh, there may be all sorts of reasons that people are anti-Semitic, uh, but I think in general in the cosmic battle between good and evil, evil doesn't like the Jews because of their place in God's plan. So maybe that explains it uh, a little bit. <laughs> we take just a moment to uh, invite you to study the Bible with us in a special way. And we answer as many questions as we can each week, but the correspondence course is a good way to sit down and uh, take some time and study your Bible in your home. So we've got some tools that we're happy to share with you. Uh, this course starts off with really basic stuff. The Old Testament, the New Testament are the first two lessons. Helps you understand that big division in your Bible. And then we've got some more advanced courses that take you through uh, lots more lessons and can keep you studying the Bible for a long time with Know Your Bible Study Tools. Got some online courses that we're happy to announce. You can log on to oneway.worldbibleschool.org. Tell them a few bits of information and you will be signed up to study the Bible on your device. So all good ways to study the Bible, all absolutely free. Uh, use phone number, website on the screen, or log on to oneway.worldbibleschool.org and uh, begin studying with Know Your Bible study tools and uh, know your Bible a little bit better. All right, I think Toby's, uh, no, Jeff's next. Yep, I've got the next one. Uh, <laughs> next question is, can you have a conversation with God while you're driving? Do you have to bow your head? Um, there's a simple answer to this, but I'll, I'll start off. Um, with this many times in in corporate worship also when for those of us who pray before meals 
we bow our heads. Um, the reason we do that is not because we're following a specific rule. Uh, the reason we do that is because we're directing our minds and we're preparing our hearts and we're being reverent, uh, kind of like Toby was saying earlier, we have a fear of God. And we know that going to Him to talk to Him is not a light-hearted thing. It's a simple thing. It's an amazing privilege. Uh, but it's not a light-hearted thing. And so we bow our heads as a sign of reverence. However, all of that makes sense. But the Bible also tells us to pray continuously. And we can't do that with our head bowed, especially... Uh, when we're driving our car. Um, so in this case, if you're in your car or anywhere for that matter where you cannot bow your head, um, just make sure to prepare your mind and prepare your heart. And you can go to God in prayer anywhere. It's an issue of the heart. Um, before we pray, we need to make sure that we're fully aware and fully ready and understanding of what we're about to do. And you can definitely do that in the car. Uh, my recommendation is to pray as much as you can. All right. Uh, uh, good question. I appreciate you telling him don't bow your head while you drive. That's, right. that's, uh, that's it's a good, not good, a good, good thing. counsel. If you've got a Tesla, I think you can bow your well, head. Well, there you go. Yeah. Making it easier. Put it on autopilot and go. go. Right. <laughs> Next question is, how did the thief on the cross get to heaven if he was not baptized? All right, the story of the thief on the cross is found in Luke chapter 23, verse 39. Follow him. I'm going to read from it. It says, uh, the criminal, the other, rebuked him, saying, Do you not fear God, since you are under the same sentence of condemnation? Now, this is the context here. Jesus on the cross between these two criminals uh, condemned like Jesus was. Verse 40, And we indeed justly, for we are receiving the due reward for our deeds, but this man has done nothing wrong. And he said, Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. And he said to him, Truly I say to you, today you will be with me in paradise. Now, I've heard answers to the question about the thief on the cross, and these answers are accurate. Uh, one answer is, uh, technically, they were still under the old covenant. Baptism wasn't a requirement, wasn't a command of Jesus, wasn't enforced, because that new covenant had not been enforced because Jesus had not yet died. Hebrews chapter 9 is very clear on this. Oh, technically, that's correct, um, you know, and, and that's true. Uh, the, the answer to the question, though, is how did the thief on the cross get to heaven? And the answer is very simply, by the grace of Jesus. And in a similar way, that's how all people are saved. And we understand that if heaven's not a gift, we're not any of us getting in. <laughs> None of us have earned the right. Only Jesus did, and he offers that grace to all. Ephesians is clear on this. Ephesians chapter 2, verses 4 through 8. Let's read it together. But because of his great love for us, God, who is rich in mercy, made us alive with Christ even when we were dead in transgressions. It is by grace you have been saved. And God raised us up with Christ and seated us with him in the heavenly realms in Christ Jesus in order that in the coming ages he might show the incomparable riches of his grace expressed in his kindness to us in Christ Jesus, for it is by grace you have been saved through faith. And this is not from yourselves. It is the gift of God. Now, we are all saved by grace. And Jesus told us very simply, 
if we want to receive that grace, we need to obey what he said to do, to simply believe and be baptized. Uh, that's not earning it. That's not doing anything at all. That's just responding to the gift that he offers us that none of us deserve. Hope that helps. All right, question about angels. In fact, we got a couple of questions about angels here. I've got one, and then Jeff got one coming up. But mine is, were angels given free will? Well, I think the answer is most assuredly they were. And free will is a, uh, is the right answer to a lot of questions. <laughs> a lot of questions we get, uh, people want to know, why did God do this, and why didn't he do this, and all that. Well, it comes down to if he gave us free will, uh, then we've got the option to choose wrong. And the alternative to that is creating angels or humans or whatever he created uh, without free will. Uh, so they're just robots. And I've used the example before that uh, that's not really a relationship. Uh, you have a robot that speaks nicely to you every day and says wonderful things about you. Uh, nobody would say, well, that robot really loves him uh, because the robot doesn't have any option. Uh, when your child first runs to you and jumps into your arms or your grandchild, even better, uh, there's a special thing about that because they have chosen to love you. Uh, um, that's what God did. He created angels and then he created humans uh, with the option to follow him, to love him, to have a relationship with him, or consequently they could also rebel against him. And uh, we know angels did rebel against him, so that's how we know they have free will. And let's just read that verse to confirm it. It's Jude uh, verse 6. It says about the angels, the rebellious angels. So the angels who did not stay within their own position of authority, but left their proper dwelling. He's kept in eternal change under, un, chains under doom, gloomy darkness until the judgment of the great day. So there are certain angels that uh, usurped authority, that left their position of authority, that rebelled against God. Uh, Satan was, seems to be the ringleader of the bunch. Uh, we don't understand how all that worked and which ones are in chains and all of that, but <clears throat> some part of the angels, uh, one verse leads us to believe maybe about a third of them, uh, did follow Satan and his rebellion and were exiled from heaven because of it. So angels were given free will, but that's a necessary consequence of God wanting a loving relationship with his creation, and we fall into the same thing. Uh, we have free will, uh, therefore we can love God and have a relationship with him. We can also rebel against him and turn against him. So uh, that's the options of free will. We take just a second and invite you to visit a church near you, uh, the Churches of Christ, to put this program on for you and uh, sponsor it, and we appreciate them, and we like to mention some each week that help us stay on the air. So today, let me mention one up in uh, Sioux Falls. Uh, we broadcast from Sioux Falls, South Dakota, a great market up there, and uh, the folks at the Sioux Falls Church of Christ on Southeastern Avenue are a big part of that ministry, and we appreciate them. Uh, we want to thank them for helping us stay on the air and invite you to drop in and uh, visit them or give your thanks. Uh, just drop a note or give them a call and say, 
I watch Know Your Bible, and I appreciate you having it on the air for us. So uh, if you're looking for a church home, you would certainly be warmly welcomed at the Sioux Falls Church of Christ and meet the folks there or any market that you're in. There's probably a Church of Christ close to you. Uh, you'd be welcomed. You'd find a group of people that study the Bible a lot like we do here on this program and uh, believe the Bible is God's Word. So drop in and give them a visit. All right, Jeff, tell us a little more about angels. All right, <laughs> continuing on with the theme of angels, where does it tell about the creation of angels? Uh, and first of all, there's a reason that Christians believe in angels. Um, there are stories of angels all the way from Genesis to Revelation. Uh, but as far as the specific creation of angels, there's only one small biblical reference. Uh, so let's look at Psalm 148, verses 2 through 5, and see that. Praise Him, all His angels. Praise Him, all His hosts. Praise Him, sun and moon. Praise Him, all you shining stars. Praise Him, you highest heavens and you waters above the heavens. Let them praise the name of the Lord for he commanded, and they were created. Uh, so here we have a, a beautiful psalm uh, that's saying that everything that God created praises him and owes him praise. Uh, and evidently, angels were, were in that as well. We have the stars, the heavens, the sun, the moon, and angels were part of that creation. Uh, we don't know when they were a part of that creation, and we don't know anything about the how, uh, but we do know that they were created based on Psalm 148. Uh, so this is a small scriptural reference, but it's all we know from the Word when it comes to the creation of angels. Well, we okay. got lots of questions about angels. People yeah. always mm -hmm. wonder, you know, how many are they, and how are they organized, and yeah. all that. The Bible just doesn't tell us it's much. It's a fascinating subject, though. <laughs> really it's interesting. interesting to yeah. study. All right, the next question is, when we die, is our spirit conscious until the day of judgment? And my answer to that, based on very limited scripture, is yes. Uh, and the very limited scripture I'll give you is the story of the rich man and Lazarus that Jesus tells in Luke chapter 16. It tells a story about a rich man and a poor man named Lazarus, and they both died and and the after-death experience was very different. But in that account, which you can read in Luke 16, verse 19 and following, uh, there's a lot that we see. Uh, first, it seems you can experience pain. You have memory of life here on earth before you died and of your family. You're able to talk in some way, able to communicate. So you have all of those senses. Again, the Bible doesn't spell out a lot of how that all works but it does seem that we are conscious during that time. And so uh, that's the answer to your question. Let's look at a verse from Hebrews chapter 9, verse 27 and 28. It says that just as people are destined to die once and after that to face judgment, so Christ was sacrificed once to take away the sins of many. And he will appear a second time, not to bear sin, but to bring salvation to those who are waiting for him. Uh, the Bible tells us that uh, we are appointed once to die, and after that death, uh, we will face judgment. So, yes, think we're conscious during that time, and uh, we need to be ready for it. And Jesus is the way to be ready. Hope that helps. It's another topic we wish we knew a whole lot more about is yep. what happens 
after death yep. uh, until Jesus comes again. And the Bible doesn't give us a whole lot of instruction there. Really? Yeah. Uh, like you said, there's a story of the rich man and Lazarus. That's about all we've got. Uh, some people do teach a doctrine, and I, this viewer may have been asking about that, called soul, soul sleep, yeah. uh, that they believe that yeah. when we die, our soul goes to sleep right. until Jesus comes again. Right. Uh, they get that from the passages that say he's fallen asleep, yeah. uh, and that's not talking about spiritually. It's talking about the body appears to be asleep, I mm -hmm. think. And, from our point of view, it looks like the person sleeping. Yeah. So it's a term that the Bible uses. But uh, yeah, they exchange the the, the <coughs> death and sleep interchangeably. But of course, the Scripture doesn't teach the doctrine of yep. soul sleep. Yep. But no, it's it, uh, not that from from what little we know, yeah. we're conscious. Yeah, yeah, makes sense. I think. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Let me go back to that uh, one you had about the the thief on the cross, Toby. Mm -hmm. uh, that's one that. Well, we get a lot of questions about that, yeah. so we we'll spend just a little more time on that. Yeah. Uh, people have been taught that that's the answer to why baptism is not necessary. Mm -hmm. They say, well, the thief went to heaven and he wasn't baptized. Right. Well, first of all, <laughs> we don't know he wasn't baptized. Mm -hmm. Well, the Bible says that. The, the whole area went out to hear John the baptizer and were baptized. So the thief might have been baptized, but that's not a very cogent argument. Mm -hmm. just the fact we don't know if he was baptized or not. Uh, but the, to, to me, the best answer, and you explained it very well, but the simplest answer is, how did he get to heaven without being baptized? Well, the same way Abraham did, mm -hmm. same way David did, yeah. same way Moses did. Yeah. Well, they were faithful to God, yeah. you know, and until Jesus died and the day of Pentecost, uh, baptism wasn't a requirement. Yeah. Uh, Moses didn't have to be baptized. He just had to believe in God and trust God. Well, uh, and at the end of the day, I mean, we, I've talked about this before on the question of thief on the cross. Um, you know, Jesus had the authority to oh, do whatever yeah. he wanted. Yeah. You know, if he if he decided to forgive that guy and give that guy grace, and you know, uh, that's w certainly within his that's prerogative right. to do so. You know, the example you give is uh, the judge. You know, yeah. at the at the trial, he has the law. Here's what the law says for this crime is this punishment. But the judge takes all the factors into account and says, I know what the law says, but with my authority, I'm going to grant clemency. I'm yep. going to grant a pardon. I'm going to forgive. You know. And and maybe Jesus did that. I mean, certainly he had the authority to yeah, do so. Yeah, there's lots so of lots it, of ways to look at it. But like you said, it's an exceptional case. Like <laughs> yeah. it's people look at that one exception and think that might nullify yeah. Jesus's own commands and the rest yeah. of Scripture and so many other places. Yeah. Mm. To take it to the extreme, if you want to be saved like the thief on the cross was, yeah. If you can show me that Jesus said to you personally. Yep. You'll be in paradise today. Okay, I'll buy that. Sure. Yep. <laughs> you know, yep. If Jesus did that, yep. but a unique case. Yep. All right, we're about out of time here, but let's make sure we get our trivia question answered. Uh, what does Revelation, the book of Revelation, 
say that the 12 gates of the New Jerusalem are made of, and they are some mighty big pearls. Revelation 21.1 says uh, 12 different pearls, and uh, how literal that is and how figurative it is, we'll figure out when we get there. But uh, that's what Revelation says the gates are. Glad you've been with us today, and hope we got your question answered. We're going to be back next week with some more of them. Till then, you have a great week. Know Your Bible has been presented by the Churches of Christ in your area. Churches of Christ are non-denominational, and each congregation is an independent group of Christians seeking to do God's will. Our goal is simple New Testament Christianity. We follow the Bible as our only guide. Contact us with any questions, and we encourage you to visit a Church of Christ near you.